Monday night. It's August 28th, 2023. College football is back. Week zero in the books. Week one coming up this Saturday. This is one of our favorite episodes we do every year. It's going to be structured a little differently this year. Usually in the past, it's our official college football preview show. But this year, leading up to this one, we've been doing the Power Five conferences. So we saved the best for last, in our opinion, the Big Ten. That's one of our... Topics we like to say we're quote-unquote experts on in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. The, the Big Ten, football, basketball, the NFL, and the MLB. Well, the J-Man with the MLB, not Tanner so much. But uh, pumped to be here to talk some sports for an hour. J-Man, how we doing? Yeah, it's uh, reached the time of the year where like I was fired up to do this show tonight. It, 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 it had been a little while since I've been like, I, can, I cannot wait to hop on and uh, do this show. But uh Exciting times ahead. We have Big Ten, as Tanner said, this week. And the next week's our NFL preview. And then the football season's rolling. Before you know it, it's going to be week eight or something. Or like, where did the season go? Yeah, it, it, it uh, goes by in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, big show this week. Next week, we'll be not only recapping week one, previewing week two, but we'll be doing our NFL preview mm-hmm. next week. So, uh, yeah, our, our shows pick up pretty heavily from here through, really, March. Yeah. So the dead period's kind of over. Baseball is not over yet, and uh, oh, I have don't, a ba- don't you dare! I have a baseball question for you. It's all I could find. I oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I I, I looked all day yesterday, all day today. Oh um, boy, I'm but, in trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, Corbin Carroll, uh, who plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks, is the fourth rookie in MLB history with 20 homers and 40 steals in a single season. Three other guys have done this. Um, two of them you won't get, so you'll. <laughs> so I'll even give those guys to you. Uh, Mitchell Page in 1977, and Tommy Adge Adge in 1966. I was totally however, gonna guess Tommy. However, somebody has done this in our lifetime. So who is that player? Corbin Carroll, fourth rookie in MLB history with 20 homers and 40 steals. One person. Other than Corbin Carroll has done this in our lifetime. Who is this player? Um, so uh, <laughs> a couple names come to mind, but they're probably not right. They're probably oh, never not right. Uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House is upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. $2 whole smoked wings on Mondays and $1 off domestic beers every Monday. Yeah, also take the, advantage of that. Yeah, they also had your, their prime rib special uh, Friday and Saturday, which I'm sure was uh, delectable. Pictures looked really good. Yes, yes, they did. Prime rib is hard. It's, it's, it's hard to... Um, I don't want to say it's hard to screw up a prime rib because I'm sure I could do it, but it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, when prime rib is done well... It's one oh, of the better man, things tough. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough to, beat. to beat. There we go. Tough there we go. Beat. There we go. So, all right. Uh, what do you want to jump into right away, J-Man? I say we do the Big Ten preview. We talk about uh, elsewhere around college football this week. And then right. uh, if we have time, we'll talk some baseball. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Or or should we educate? Get the education out of the way. That's first. a good call. Let's, 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 let's uh Let's get you educated here real All quick. Right. All right. On this day in 1884, Major League Baseball pitcher Mickey Welsh makes a record for most consecutive batters struck out to begin a game, striking out the first nine men he faced. It's 1884? 1884, all the way back. wonder what type of pitches he was throwing back then in 1884. I bet we could both throw harder now than they were throwing back then. I will say that. <laughs> um, Maybe Welsh, you. I don't, I don't trust you. my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> the old spitball, I'm sure, was a very popular pitch. Like, um, do you do you have any idea, like, the history of pitches, like when when no different idea. kinds of pitches came to fruition? All I know is if Babe Ruth stepped in that box against pitchers he's facing today, he might not even been a major league baseball player. So, right, right. It's uh, because, it's come uh, a long way. Yeah, different day. Yeah. Um, on this day in. Let's see here. Man, there's not great ones. Back in the 50s. Here's the 60s. 
Um, here's the seventies. Oh man, this is a rough one this week, Tana man. <laughs> All right. Uh, 1977, Nolan Ryan struck out 300 batters for the fifth straight year. Guy's incredible. I mean, we say it all the yeah. time when on the on this day segment when we're talking about him, but the dude was amazing. It's just too bad yeah. he didn't play and on very good I, teams. Yeah, and again, it's weird that he never won a Cy Young because he is. Uh, That's just stupid. One of the greatest. That's ever. just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, Spencer Strider is on pace for 300 strikeouts. Uh, this year, I don't remember the last time a guy's done it. Um, Scherzer might have come close. Randy uh, Johnson ever do it? Well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure Randy did it. I, I want to say Kerry Wood did it once. I'm gonna look close. up. I'm gonna one look that up good, by here. Still, one of his really good years. Um, but it's it's really tough to do, obviously. But I'm gonna look up Kerry Wood real quick because I want to say he did it, but maybe he didn't. Only 19 pitchers have done that. I'm going to say Kerry Wood did not do it. It looks like Randy Johnson, the last one in 0-2. No, oh, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, that's, Randy Johnson did it six times. Man. Schilling did it in 0-2 as well. So he had two guys on the same team. That's stupid. Yeah. And they that, that was the year they didn't even they didn't win the World Series. They won it the previous year. Kerry Wood's career high was 266, and we thought that was Verlander did it in long, 2019. But. Okay, I thought Verlander did. And Garrett Cole ago. in 2019. Scherzer, 2018. Chris Sale, 2017. Kershaw, 2015. Oh, hmm. Yeah, then a lot of guys in the 70s did it. Wow, okay, there we go. Must have been easier to pitch back then. Must have been. Uh, on this day in 1990, Cubs Ryan Sandberg is the first second baseman to hit 30 homers in consecutive seasons. You say he's a top five Cub in popularity of all time? Yeah, I would say so. Or borderline he's, top five? Yeah, he's kind of a boring guy, but uh, the old the old crew loves him. The old um, crew. Course, be, be careful there with your words. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm talking about our parents' age. You're talking too. about our demographic. <laughs> our demographic. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Cubs didn't make the playoffs from 1945 to 1984. And in 84, Sandberg won MVP yeah. and landed the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I knew that, but I kind of had forgotten until you just said yeah. that. And that's just incredible. 45 to 84. That's wow. Yeah. It's only 39 years, though. So that's like going yeah. from 2023 20, to. That's older than we are, though. That's older than we are. Yeah. But speaking of your older. speaking of parents, shout out to your dad. Happy birthday to Dan Mont today. The big 6 2. Big 6 <laughs> the Big 6 big, 2. <laughs> big birthday. Um, on this day in, um, night or on this day in 2004, led by San Antonio Spurs shooting guard, Manu Ginobili, Argentina beats Italy 84 to 69 for the Olympic gold medal in Athens. Didn't, um, Carlos Arroyo kind of take over that year too? Probably. I think so. Or at least against the U.S. he did. That sounds about right. That's kind of when I heard about him. I'm like, who is this guy? And then he was a, kind of a reserve guard in the NBA for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was around for a while. Um, on this day last year, who won the PGA Tour Championship? I know Rory won the FedEx Cup, so I'm saying Rory McIlroy. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Tour championship men's golf. Uh, yeah. Yep. And Victor, Ho- Victor Hovland won yesterday. Typically nowadays, whoever wins the tour championships got to win the FedEx Cup usually. Yeah. But there are some guys in the field this past weekend who could have won the tour championship and not won it just based off points. But typically it's, it's interesting because when they get to the tour championship, it's whatever they've been scoring in the playoffs is where they begin. So like Ricky Fowler began three under. Sky Sheffer 12 under, whatever it was on Thursday. And then you work your way up or down throughout the week. So, huh. yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Last one here on this day last year as well. A 1952 Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $12.6 million at auction. I wish I had words. that card in my collection. Yeah. Dang. Uh, I would not spend more than like 50 bucks on it though. And somebody spent <laughs> $12.6 million. Becoming the world's most expensive piece of sports memorabilia. And I, I like memorabilia. I like collecting stuff. I like sports memorabilia, of course. But I always do get a kick out of like 
great, great for the guy at the sellers, but like mm-hmm. the guys who are buying it for twelve point six million, what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna hold out and hope yeah. that it even grows more in value in the next twenty years? I mean, what do you do? I mean, How the do fact that you have that much money to spend say, on something like that is pretty impressive within itself. But these yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of things, yeah. Uh, most expensive piece of sports memorabilia. I'm looking around this room here. I can't imagine I spent more than 20 bucks on any of the things in my in my uh, room here. Well, mine might be a Tiger Woods autograph in this room. That's cool. Which I didn't spend a lot. I just spent money on the program. Or my parents probably spent money on the program. And then I was like, yeah, enough to get signed. But as far as things I've like bought, I don't know. One of my mini helmets in here, probably. I don't know. I haven't bought a whole lot of. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know. So that uh, gonna do it for the that on this it. day. Yeah, and that is the on this day sporting events that have happened on August twenty eighth throughout the history of time. Brought to you by Like It Is Every Week Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana Grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your first order. So, I mean, football season's here. We've been saying it last few weeks that football season was coming. Now it's here. So uh, get your favorite football team order in, whether that's uh, college, NFL, perhaps even high school. Perhaps you have a high school logo that you want to send Thad, and he can make it for you. So get your sign orders in. You mentioned today that Labor Day weekend is your favorite weekend of the year. I think it is. It is. It's hard to argue that fact. It's just it's it's start of college football. I mean, I love college football. I think my fandom of college football grows every year, even though a lot of people can argue about what's going on in the sport, if it's if it's good for the sport, bad for the sport, with NIL, realignment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, maybe it's because I have more temper expectations for my team in football than I do basketball. That's but I, I watch I would say I watch more college football outside of just Purdue than I do college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can just pick up a random game. And and, and I think sports betting has got a lot to do with that too. Um, but I – I love watching Big Ten football. I like watching other conferences play. Back when Christian McCaffrey was playing, we liked watching the Pac-12 at dark. Not so much anymore, maybe. Um, but it just, yeah, something about Labor Day weekend. You got the three-day weekend. You got game, games all day Saturday. You usually have a few on Sunday, one on Monday maybe. Some cooler weather is usually coming around the corner. So it's just, I don't know, just like it. Yeah, it, will, it, it won't feel like it because I think the high here on Labor Day is like 98 degrees. Yeah. But um, fall is right around the corner. That's my favorite season. Football, hoodie weather, bonfires. It just it just puts a smile on my face. Not many things put a smile on my face these days. I'm just kidding. (laughs) A lot of things put a smile on my face. Uh, But uh, fall is definitely one of them. Fall is one of them. And we are here to talk Big Ten football today, but we'll also be – uh, picking week one games for top 25 teams, listen our our playoff teams, all that good stuff. But before we get into that, my word association segment this week topic for you is Big Ten related. Um, I listed it just in alphabetical order, and I did quarterbacks. We have all quarterbacks who have played for these universities, some better than others. I just mm-hmm. thought of random quarterbacks. And for we'll start off with the Illinois Fighting Illini and West Lunt. Oh man, um, our good friend Evan worked with Wes Lunt's dad at one point, and I think he told a story. And I'm sure I'm getting the story wrong, but he got knocked down like 25 times against Purdue. And um, one guy who had a sack or knocked him down said, "I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a few or or something like that." Um, he was not very good. He was slow. Uh, he was like a four-star guy, transferred from Oklahoma State, thought he was going to be really good, and he just wasn't. Those teams weren't very good, though. Didn't have many guys to throw the ball to, but uh, he he did not help himself. Was not one of my favorites. I always uh, remember him going to Oklahoma State because he played, uh, or I don't know what high school it was, but it was in Rochester, Illinois. Rochester High School. It was Rochester High School. Mm-hmm. And he was heir apparent to Sean Robinson, who was a quarterback at Purdue, or went to be a quarterback at Purdue, then switched to linebacker. So it yeah. must be nice when you can have one D1 
quarterback fall by another D1 quarterback. Yeah, um, Rochester High School has been a powerhouse uh, in downstate Illinois here for as long as I can remember. We'd go to the Quad Cities uh, every Thanksgiving when we were growing up, and um, they'd always have the Illinois High School football uh, championships on, and Rochester felt like they were always in. I think they were 3A, 4A, something like that. Uh, but they were in it almost every single year, it felt like. Yeah, must be nice. Yeah. They just produce talent like that. Indiana Hoosiers, Peyton Ramsey. Oh, man. Uh, he Was was he better at Northwestern than he was uh, at Indiana? Probably. He was probably yeah. pretty close, though. Uh, I don't really remember much about him, other than he played for both of the schools I hate. So He played uh, on some better IU teams. He did. Northwestern yeah. teams. Yeah. Was it was he uh the 2020 year at Northwestern? Yes. Or was he 2021? No, he was at he I believe he was 2020, I believe he was at Indiana. So Okay. Yeah. I believe. I believe. I could be wrong. I should fact check myself, but I'm not going to. Iowa Hawkeyes, Drew Tate. He had that Hail Mary against LSU in the bowl game. Capital uh, One Bowl or yeah. Outback Bowl. I don't One of those two. <laughs> it, was, it was Nick Saban's last game at LSU in the Dolphins. I think it was the Capital One Bowl, I think. I think. It was in Florida. That's all I Yes, remember. it's one of those two in, in both Big Ten, SEC, um, go against each other. But yeah. he, was pretty, he was pretty good at Iowa. He was pretty good. Yeah. That's when, I mean, Iowa still is good, but that's when they were really, really good. Um, Maryland Terrapins. This was a tough one because they've only been members of the Big Ten for not even a decade yet. Um, but So I went with a guy who's played in the NFL, uh, Sean Hill. Oh man, he was a long time backup. Um, kind of, he, he was kind of in that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick role. I mean, Fitzpatrick started more games, but it felt like Sean Hill got some pretty good uh, playing time there at the end of his career. Uh, was he a Lion at one time? Oh, I'm um, sure he was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was too. Uh, he he was around for probably 15 years or so. I saw him whoop on the Broncos in uh, 20. What season was this? 2014, 2014 with the Rams. Yeah. 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 I, I thought, uh, I thought uh, Manuel Sanders died that game. Yeah. Um, Michigan Wolverines, uh, Devin Garter. Number 98. Uh, I believe he's doing like pre and post game stuff for the Detroit Lions. He is. Yes. Like yes. Or TV work at least. But uh, he, he was always, it felt like more hype than substance. Um, a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's because he played for Michigan or whatever, but uh, yeah. Michigan State Spartans, Brian Lewerke. Oh, man. Those teams, uh, that was just, what, five years ago maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, four or five years ago. It seemed like those teams underachieved. Um, he started from almost game one, didn't he? It seemed like he was a three- or four-year starter for them and thought he was going to be an NFL guy, and it just never panned out that way. Well, Michigan State had that, you know, Jeff Smoker and the – before D'Antonio got there, and then Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook, kept getting these winners. Hoyer, and the, Hoyer yep. And uh, these guys who just won. Weren't yeah. flashy, but just won, made the next level. Of course, Cousins has been a starter, but most of those other guys have been backups. And then after that, towards the end of the D'Antonio, you had Lewerke, you had Rocky Lombardi, um, some other him. guys. Kind of, I almost used him. Other guys shuffled in there. And then now uh, Mel Tucker will get into the Michigan State quarterback uh, position here here later. Uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers, Adam Weber. He and uh, Eric Decker were pretty good, uh, pr- pretty good tandem there. They in sure the were. Two thousands. Um, obviously, I mean, there's a reason why. Well, um, there's not many good quarterbacks that have been produced by the Big Ten recently. Uh, Cousins is obviously one of them. Maybe Justin Fields. Who knows? Um, of course, of course, you have Drew Brees. And now, hey, look at. Uh, Look at all. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Produced quarterback. Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. Don't uh, even get. Don't 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 get me started. <laughs> uh, but oh, but man. other than that, you look around the league, and there's not too many uh, too many Big oh. Ten guys in there. But uh, no, there aren't. A lot get drafted. Few find success. Yeah. Nebraska Cornhuskers. Tommy Anders or Tommy Armstrong. I about said Anderson. Tommy oh, Armstrong. He, he, they, they, they thought he was going to be really good, and he really wasn't. Started for like uh, three years. Yeah. He, did he take over right after Taylor Martinez? After Taylor Martinez and then and Tanner Lee, which is really weird for me to say. I to go over for him. And then uh, him. then what was it? Adrian Martinez was there for yeah. like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Tommy Armstrong wasn't very good. And and that's that's kind of when Nebraska started kind of tapering off a little bit. Yep. Yep. Northwestern, uh, Clayton Thorson. Oh man, he was I remember he was a four star guy, pretty highly recruited. Uh he got drafted, I think, didn't he? I think or, I think he did. Um but again, I don't he he was on some good teams. Uh, he had a really good good team around him and that kind of hyped him up a little bit more than he probably was actually good, but uh, he was pretty solid. Ohio State Buckeyes, I could have went with a lot of different guys this past decade. Braxton Miller. Man, uh, I will never forget that spin move he made against Virginia Tech when they, his, I think it was his first game. His first a game as a wideout, yeah. Um, but no, um, my dad and I went to an Ohio State-Illinois game. It was one of the bad Beckman years. And um, Ohio State <laughs> got the ball first, and Braxler went 80 yards untouched right up the middle. Took it, took off, 80-yard touchdown. Uh, Carlos Hyde had five rushing touchdowns that game. Um, and I'll never forget, I think Illinois came all the way back. They cut it to 12, and they got the ball back with like seven minutes left, and oh, yeah. um, or, or maybe it was four minutes left, and Beckman punted. Uh, it, it it was like fourth and fifteen. You're deep down there, but he's just giving up. And then Carlos, Carlos Hyde ran for seventy yards touchdown. But anyway, Braxton Miller was explosive. Yeah, he was uh, probably more of a true athlete than he was a quarterback. But he wasn't a bad quarterback. It was just JT Barrett came along. They thought he was better, and then little did they know, Carlisle Jones was sitting on the bench behind Barrett. He would lead them to the championship that year. <laughs> yeah, waiting for a Netflix documentary about that team. Into Urban Meyer years yeah. in Ohio State to come out one of these days. No, oh, yeah, the uh, Kings of the Buckeye Land. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I can't even. I can't come up with a good title off the top of my head. Uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. Christian Hattenberg. Bust. Um, yeah. Started as a true freshman. You're like, man, this guy's gonna be. Wasn't a top he a five star? He, yeah, he was like a top ten recruit or something like that, and then he. Kind of, he just kind of leveled out after his freshman year. Ended up getting taken by the Jets in the second round. But he, I don't even know if he threw a a regular season pass in the NFL. He was a major bust. Yeah, yeah. New Boilermakers, Elijah Sindelar. Oh man, you 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 liked old Sindelar there. I did. You? I did. I still kind of a what if for me if he didn't get hurt his senior year at Purdue because yeah, I think it, he had NFL arm talent, but. It was it, it was kind of him and Blau duking it out, wasn't it, all the time? Yep, yep. Uh, Brooks Brom started Sindelar game one of his tenure against Louisville, and then him and Blau back and forth, that. 17. Then Blau got hurt. Sindelar goes on that run at the end of the year on a torn ACL. Little did Purdue fans know. And then 2018, started the first game against Northwestern when Rondell Moore went nuts. But then he didn't play well, and then they end up redshirting him, and Blau took over for the year. And then 19 – Started the year and then um, tore his shoulder up against Minnesota. Same play when Rondell Moore got hurt, and that was that was the end of his career. Could have came back for one more year in 2020, but he he was ready to just move on with life. And I yeah. believe I believe he's an engineer for Chrysler. I believe. Oh, yeah. Typical Purdue nerd. Yeah. Huh? Yep. <laughs> Two more here. Ruck, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Tom Savage. Oh man, this was uh, the hardest one of them all. Say, that had to be really difficult to find one that even I could have put Dolphin Legend Ray Lucas down, but Ray Lucas, I like that one better. Uh, Tom <laughs> Savage, uh, why do I feel like he ended up transferring to Pittsburgh? He might have, but I, I know he started an NFL playoff game. He did. I want to say he's out of pit though. Like he started at Rutgers and transferred to Pitt. He might, might be, be right. right. He might be right. Uh, but no, hey, he played at Rutgers. Um. Yeah, he he obviously didn't do anything in the NFL besides start that playoff game. But. And lastly, Wisconsin Badgers uh, side Russell Wilson. You could have picked a lot of guys here and just plugged them in. So I went with Alex Hornibrook. Oh man, um, wasn't he like the cockiest like player in Wisconsin history? Ends up transferring to Lefty. Florida State. Yeah, I was going to say Florida or Florida State. I think Florida State's yeah. right, and he wasn't good down there either. Wasn't good there. Um, he did. I think the only thing I can remember him doing is beating Purdue. Um, oh, of course. Every yeah, badger well, quarterback um, since oh, 04 has. <laughs> it was a close game, though, in Wisconsin, I remember. but Yeah. Yeah. That, that was probably 2017. Pretty, I think Purdue lost by like 11 points. Our, yeah. I think we were at a wedding that day. We were. We were. You got a good memory. 
I do. Well, that is going to do it for the Word Association segment, Big Ten version this week, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, so you need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. Now we can hop into the Big Ten. I'm excited to see... Uh... Excited to see uh, who you got, who you got winning some of these uh, divisions here. Well, let's let's do the Big Ten East first, okay. shall we? And let's start at the basement instead of the top. I, I, I'm guessing we both have the same team in number seven, but I could be wrong. Who do you have finishing last at the Big Ten East? I have the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, I, I'm wrong. I have the oh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I have Indiana going three and nine. Uh, they got a transfer quarterback from Tennessee, Trayvon Jackson. He was their third-string guy at Tennessee. Uh, then they have five transfer starters on defense, led, led by Andre uh, Carter from um, Western Michigan, who had 13.5 tackles for loss last year. I don't think they'll be very good, and I would not be surprised if this is Tom Allen's last year, assuming that buyout goes down. I have Indiana at six, uh, four and eight overall, two and seven in the conference. I have them uh, in the conference beating Rutgers. And I have them also beating Michigan State at home. Um, Trayvon Jackson should be mentioned. He is the brother of Trace Jackson, Trace Jackson oh, Davis. Didn't know so that. there's the connection there. Um, yes, uh, I was kind of surprised he didn't go to IU out of high school. He went down to Tennessee. Uh, you said five uh, new new guys on defense or transfers. They only have two returning starters on defense. Um, which once again, maybe that's for the Might better. Be I don't know. Uh, they start off, we'll get to the picks later, but start off this week hosting Ohio State. Seems like they kick off their season more times than not against Ohio State. Um, they do host Indiana State. They play Louisville, Lucas Oil, and host the Akron Zips. So should get two wins there in the non-conference. I don't don't think they'll beat Louisville, but maybe they will. Um, my last pick in the East, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I have them at 3-9, and 1-8 and eight in the conference. I have them uh, sixth at four and eight. I uh, yeah, Greg Schiano's. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they got to be patient here. Rutgers just doesn't add much for football yeah. to the conference. They scored seventeen points a game last yeah, year. Yeah, seventeen point four points per game. You're not going to win a lot while, doing that. while giving up thirty a game on defense. So uh, yeah. they're they're pretty bad. Yeah. Um, they return their quarterbacks, uh, Gavin. Uh, I cannot read my writing. Winat, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. I, can, I cannot re- read my writing, but he is not a transfer or anything. So he was on their team last year. Um, they open up the season as well this week with uh, a conference game against Northwestern. So that's going to be a battle of the juggernauts there. Um, they also they host Temple. Um, they host Virginia Tech, and then they host Wagner in Week Five. So, interesting low non-conference. There's a lot of interesting non-conference games for Big Ten opponents I've seen this year. Some are kind of mixed in the middle of schedule, but most of them are in your first three weeks. So, who do you have at number five in the Big Ten? I have Michigan State finishing fifth at six and six. Got them bowl eligible. I do. Tuck tuck coming, as everybody was saying last year. (laughs) Yeah. I have the Spartans as five as well, but I don't have them going bowling. I have them at five and seven, three and six in the conference. Yeah, uh, Noah Kim is likely their starting quarterback, and he was solid backing up Peyton Thorne, who transferred to Auburn. Um, and then, of course, the, the running back, Jalen Berger, returns who had a pretty good year. And Cal Holiday, uh, who was the first team All Big Ten uh, linebacker at 120 tackles. Uh, so there's there's a decent nucleus there, at least. Yeah, not only did they lose Peyton Thorne, they lost their best wide receiver, Keon Coleman, to Florida yep. State. So yeah. they're impacted by the worst uh, for the transfer portal. Um, their non-conference, uh, they have three home games. Central Michigan, which played a direction, directional school, is always kind of nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. Um, playing Richmond and playing Washington, that game's on Peacock. I think that's uh, one of the first ones, if not the first one on Peacock this year. Um so I think they played at Washington last year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a home and home. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they're uh, I mean, they're they're part of the Big Ten East. This is, we should be stated. This should be stated for anybody who doesn't already know. This is the last year of the divisions. Um, not sure what they're going to do <laughs> going forward next year. Now with eighteen teams, mm-hmm. um, but th- so this is last year of the Big Ten East and West. And of course, if you're on the East, your schedule is going to be a little harder than it yeah. is on the West. But uh, and to throw in a really good team like Washington, who I have winning the Pac-12. It's not easy. Not easy for the Spartans. So. Yeah. Who do you have fourth? I have Maryland. I, I have I, the ter- Terps as well. I feel like it's a clear top three and a clear bottom four. I do um, too. Although I think Maryland's quite a bit better than the other three teams in that bottom four. I do have them seven and five. Uh, Tua's brother is the probably top returning uh, quarterback um, in the Big Ten this year. Um, running back Roman Hemby had 989 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. They had a transfer wide receiver, Ty Chambers, who had over a thousand yards at FIU in 2021. Um, and they were halfway decent defensively last year, which kind of surprised me. Yeah. They lost some close games last year. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tala, uh, to, to his little brother, Talia, Tala, Talia, whatever. I, don't, I just call him to his little brother. Cause yeah. I know I'm going to botch his name every week. Yeah, he's either the top returning quarterback or the second. I've seen a couple of people have J.J. McCarthy mm-hmm. of uh, Michigan ranked as a top returning quarterback in the Big Ten. But um, I think Maryland's going to be pretty good. I mean, I could I got them 7-5 as well, 4-5 and five in the conference, but I could see them 8-4 and four pretty easily. Um, don't know if they can get the 9. If so, 9's their max of their ceiling, I would say. But it will be an interesting year for Mike Loxley and company because they only return 9 of 22 starters. Mm-hmm. So it is a... New nucleus there and um, College Park, I think is that right? Yeah. College Park, mm-hmm. Maryland. So, who do you have finishing third in the East? I have Penn State at ten and two. Um, Drew Aller was pretty good backing up Sean Clifford as a true freshman last year. I, f- I believe he came in against Purdue and played. He did. He did. Um, Nicholas Singleton as a Freshman running back had over a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns. They also have Katron Allen, who was a running back, had over eight hundred yards and ten touchdowns. They're going to put up some points. And then uh, Kalen King uh, is one of the better DBs in the conference. He'll uh, likely be a first-team All Big Ten sort of guy. So uh, I, I honestly think it could be a coin flip between the top three, um, depending on how things shake out. But uh, um, I think I, I think Penn State will be really, really good. Well, uh, I have Penn State winning the East. Oh, it was one of my twenty-three <laughs> bowl predictions for twenty twenty-three. Yeah. So when I made that back in January, I kind of got to stick with it. Um, I have the Nittany Lions going eleven and one, eight and one in the conference, with that loss being at Ohio State. Um, you pretty much hit on all my notes I had written down for Penn State. Um, uh, Manny Diaz is their defense coordinator, second mm-hmm. year there, old uh, ex uh, Miami, Florida coach. Um, he did a real good job with that defense last year. They should be solid again. I think this is uh, do or die time for James Franklin. I know he just got a big contract extension, but I feel like this yeah. is the year they really need to get over the hump. They're preseason ranked seventh. They got all the talent to do it. Yeah, um, it does feel like this is his most talented team uh, yes. coming in, at least hype wise. It feels yep. like that. Yep. But yeah, it'll be interesting with Drew Aller. I mean, he Pitt State fans love him. They love what he did mm-hmm. kind of in reserve last year, but now he is the guy. Uh, there's really no unknown on him, so how can he handle the pressure? That's um, and we'll find out what, this weekend against West Virginia. Even though I don't think West Virginia is going to be very yeah. good, but um, I am glad they're getting that rivalry back together. That they used to play every year, uh, or this is the 60th meeting between the two schools. It started in like 1943, I believe, but it's the first time they're playing since '92. Hmm. So for whatever reason, they took a took a took a break for a while. Hmm. So yes. Um, and with Penn State winning, my third place team is Ohio State. There's I, no way Ryan Day survives a third place finish. Really? I, you think so? Well, here's what's crazy. You're probably right, but um, I'm trying to find my notes. I got notes all over the place here. Uh, you're probably right, but I still have them finishing ten and two and seven and two yeah. in the conference. Yeah, I, but I the problem the problem is I have one of those two losses being at at Michigan. Yeah. I don't know if he can survive three in a row, three <laughs> losses to Michigan, but yeah. my goodness, at, at 99% of the schools in the country, if you have the overall record that Ryan Day does so far in Columbus, they're building a statue for you. Yeah. If uh, Illinois would to go 10 and 2, 
They would burn Memorial Stadium to the ground <laughs> out of happiness. Yeah, same yeah. thing with Purdue, though. New renovations at Ross Stadium be out the window, and they have to be <laughs> renovated all over again. Yeah. Um, key, key question for Ohio State is who's going to be their quarterback? Is it going to be Devin Brown or Kyle McCord? I have not yeah. heard either way yet. They have not. Yeah, they, they have not even announced. It does sound like McCord probably is going to be the guy. Uh, but Or could uh, they go two quarterbacks? When has that ever worked, you know? Oh, rarely. Rarely. Very uh, rarely. Maybe, maybe they do. But, but uh, when you have guys like Mayon Williams at running back, Trayvon Henderson running back, and Marvin Harrison Jr. wide receiver, you might yeah. be able to work a two-quarterback system yeah. out. And and even Emeka uh, Egbuka, who had over 1,100 yards receiving and 10 touchdowns last right. year. Right. Um, so, yeah. They do have three new starters on the offensive lines. So they're going to have to work that out a little bit. I just still think they're going to be really good, but I just think Penn State and Michigan are going to be better. Yeah. So you have Penn State number two and Michigan. Penn State third, Ohio State two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Michigan one. I have Michigan two. But once again, I have Michigan really good. I have them at 11 and one with their (laughs) lone loss. Their lone loss being at Penn State. I believe that's the lone loss I have for them as well. So, I mean, uh, Jim Harbaugh is out the first three games of the season, but those first three games are against uh, Eastern Carolina, um, Bowling Green, and I don't even know week two. I can't read my writing. I wrote so fast earlier today. It is kind of cool. He chose a different assistant to be the head coach um, for each of those games, and he has one guy, I think it's week two, coaching the first half, and then another guy coaching the second half. Um so that's yeah. that's, that's kind of cool. He did that. Mike Hart's um, the second half coach of that game, and his, then I want to say it's his nephew. Maybe or was his maybe nephew or is his son. other? Yeah, I think nephew or or is it or is there a third brother? I have no idea. But he his dad's assist. His dad's an assistant for all these games. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's really really. Interesting is a good way to put it for the milkman. Uh, <laughs> milk Harbaugh's done a pretty good job last two years. Back-to-back Big yeah. Ten champs, back-to-back playoff appearances. Definitely saved his job. J.J. McCarthy, a lot of expectations on him going into the year. They got uh, one of the best, if not the best, returning running back in the country in Blake Corum. Yeah. And their defense only gave up 16.1 points per game last year. So. Yeah, yeah uh, Blake Corum's an interesting Heisman pick. I've, I've seen Michigan fans say, if he doesn't get hurt in week – 12, he wins the Heisman. There's no way he wins it over Caleb Williams last year. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, he's he's probably going to be in that top three to five uh, convo heading into the year anyway. Yeah, so you have Michigan out of the East. I have Penn State out of the East. Let's yep. break down the West and see who we have in the Big Ten Championship game. I'm pretty sure we both have the same team at number seven. Yeah, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern. Winning, winning two games, though. I have them uh, two and ten and 0-9 and in conference. Yeah, I don't think I have them win a conference game. Uh, they do have a transfer quarterback from Cincinnati, Ben Bryant, who threw 21 touchdowns uh, last year. That's the only note I wrote on them. So, David Braun is the new head coach. Um, their two wins, I have them beating Temple at home in week two and Howard in midseason. I think that's what I have as well. Yep. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's uh, not going to be very good there in Evanston, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. Who do you have, Fish, in number six in the West? I have the Purdue Boilermakers. I have the Purdue Boilermakers as well. I have them finishing five and seven. I have them finishing five and seven as well. I know that's shocking everybody. That's shocking everybody, but... I thought for sure you'd have them second or something. uh, No, I I really, really wanted to put them at six and six, and I took my time and almost had it, but just couldn't come up with that sixth win on the schedule. Their schedule is tough. It's tough. It's very tough. I mean, Uh, when you have a non-conference, Fresno State, who's a 10-win team last year, at Virginia Tech, which Virginia Tech's not the Virginia Tech they were a decade ago, but still Lane Stadium and Blacksburg's a tough place to play. And then Syracuse at night, who was bowl eligible last year and beat Purdue last year. That's There's no cupcakes in that non-con. And then your East opponents are Indiana, but also Ohio State and Michigan. Pretty yeah, tough that's pretty tough. Uh, I will say, assuming Ryan Walters has his traditionally good defense, that significantly raises the floor because if if you can get good defense, it can keep you in the games. Uh, this Purdue team kind of reminds me of the Illinois team in 2021, which was 
uh, Walter's first year at Illinois, took over a, a more talented defense, but the defense that was awful in 2020 uh, turned them into solid. And then the uh, they ended up going five and seven, being pretty close to being bowl eligible. So that's kind of who this Purdue team reminds me of. They do have a much better uh, quarterback uh, play than Illinois did uh, with Hudson Card coming in. Yeah, Hudson Card, uh, everybody says he's the real deal. I mean, but that's practicing against your own team. I mean, he did get some get some time at Texas. He was pretty good last year in reserve against Alabama when Quinn Hewers went out. And I think he also played against Texas Tech, West Virginia, and somebody else last year. Uh, but he wasn't going to be the guy down there. I mean, got Quinn Hewers, you got uh, Arch Manning, you got some other guy down there too. So uh, Walters really wanted him. That was his first plan of action when he became Purdue's head coach, went and got him. And I think this team will go as Hudson Card can go, but my concern is the offensive line. Offensive line's already banged up going into this week. Two of the regular starters aren't going to be playing this weekend. So can they keep Hudson Card healthy? Um, also, I'm real curious how Graham Harrell's going to incorporate this air raid style because I don't think it can be a flat out air raid when your best offensive weapons your running back and Devin Mockaby. You got to get him involved some. Maybe that's getting him involved with uh, receptions out of the backfield. Um, I think Tyron Tracy's going to be in the mix there, running back. He's a converted wide receiver transfer from Iowa. Last year he was just wide receiver. This year he asked the Staff of Pika switched to running back, and he is the backup behind Mockaby now. And who's going to be wide receiver number one for Purdue? I, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be a guy named Deion Burks, who is uh, I think a redshirt sophomore, maybe 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 junior. It could be T.J. Sheffield, Marshawn Rice, um, uh, Abdul Rahman Yassin. I mean, they got a lot of guys who have played, but not in big roles. So now you know it's going to be no David Bell or Charlie Jones. That's what I'm trying to say. Who's going to step up? And really, I think their number one receiving target is going to be a tight end named Garrett Miller, who blew his knee out last year. He's a fifth-year senior. But today the depth chart came out, and he is not playing this week, and his knee's not quite ready. So hopefully he will be in the next coming weeks. Only four returning starters on defense. I, for the first time in years, have to print out a roster for Saturday because they have so many newcomers. They have all four new cornerbacks. I have no idea. Like first string secretary, I have no idea the corners this year. Um, and they have a true freshman starting at safety next to Cam Allen, which is the first true freshman starting at safety I can remember at Purdue having since like 06. So, and another Thieneman. His two older brothers played at Purdue. He's the third one to come through. So, really looking forward to the season, but a lot of question marks. I wanted six and six. I think six and six would be a great season. Um, but I'm trying to be realistic here, and I got him at five and seven. Proud three and six in conference. Three and six in conference. So I'm proud of you, T Dog. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Who do you got fourth in the or fifth in the excuse me? I have uh, Nebraska. Um I, th- I think I got Illinois, if I remember right. I, I do I'm, have Illinois. Nebraska finishing six and six. Uh Matt Rule um is there. Obviously, he's a proven program builder. Uh he was at Temple. Um, and he built them up to a really good program. Then he took over a dumpster fire at Baylor, built them back up. Was not good in the NFL, but uh, I think he'll get Nebraska back to being at least competent in the Big Ten West. Um, they got a transfer quarterback from Georgia Tech, Jeff Sims, who's a dual threat guy. He started a lot of games at Georgia Tech. They're 102nd in scoring offense and 77th in scoring defense. There's a lot to uh, a lot to fix uh, there in uh, Lincoln. I have Nebraska fourth at seven and five and fought four and five in conference. Um, that week two matchup next week's going to be interesting out in Boulder, Colorado against uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Oh, and in yeah. Colorado, Nebraska used to be a Big 12 rivalry. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. They also play in the non con. They host Northern Illinois and host Louisiana Tech. So pretty manageable home stretch for the non-con there. But uh, I didn't have too many notes written on him besides what you already said about Matt Rule and Jeff Sims, the transfer from Georgia Tech. Um, so my fifth pick was the Illinois Fighting Illini. I have them 6-6, six 3-6 and six, three and six in the conference. Um, I'm probably not giving them enough credit. I still think their defense is going to be pretty good, even though I'm hoping, hoping it's not because that means then Ryan Walters uh, – meant that much to the program. <laughs> but um, I don't know much about their transfer quarterback either. Um, I'll just let you take it away with Illinois. I don't know where you have them finishing, I, but you know I haven't finished a lot more fourth. than I do. A lot more than I do. So. I'm finishing fourth uh, at seven and five. I think their floor is six and six, probably ceiling eight and four. This is the first time coming into the year that uh, we think, man, if Illinois doesn't make a bowl, it was pretty disastrous season. Um, so I uh, I think they'll be solid. Luke Altmyer is their new quarterback from Ole Miss. 
Um, started a few games there, but then uh, decided to transfer. Has three years of eligibility. Uh, from everything I've read, as far as practice goes, he looks like the real deal um, as well. He has he's he's a good leader, um, very accurate quarterback. R- reminds him a little bit of Tommy DeVito last year, except he doesn't have that kind of personality. Uh, but if I told you Isaiah Williams is the leading returner, returning pass catcher in the Big Ten, would you believe me? Nope. He had 82 catches last year, which is more than uh, Marvin Harrison, who had 77, and then Emeka, Eg, Eg, whatever his name is, Egbuka, uh, who had over 70 catches. Of course, Charlie Jones is in the NFL now. Uh, but uh, he had 82 catches. They think he'll have a uh, – obviously a very big role, but they think he'll have a fantastic senior year. He's either a junior or senior. It's COVID rules are still – It's so hard to now. tell, yeah. 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 Uh, defense should be really good again. They have the law firm back. Uh, Newton and Randolph there in the middle. Uh, Newton's a projected first-round pick, could be defense player of the year, they're hoping, <clears throat> in the Big Ten. Uh, they did, however, lose their entire secondary to the NFL. Three guys got drafted in the first three rounds, and then Kendall Smith uh, was an undrafted uh, free agent by the Washington Commanders. They think he'll make the team, uh, so they have to replace those guys. Um, however, a lot of those guys sat out of the bowl game. And uh, so some of the young guys got some uh, opportunities against a team that throws the ball a ton in Mississippi State. I think they only gave up 10 points, 10 or 13 points. So um, hopefully that carries into the year. Uh, They do have a transfer safety from FIU, Demetrius Hill, who was a freshman All-American last year, had had close to 100 tackles. I think he'll uh, kind of be a star on their defense. Uh, But they will be missing one of their better safeties in Matthew Bailey this week and I think week two as well because he had an injury in spring ball. I think he'll be back shortly. But, uh, yeah, it's it's all about – obviously it's all about quarterback play. Uh, But uh, Illinois returned, I think, four starters on the offensive line. Um, The running backs obviously losing Chase Brown who had 1,600 yards. is a big loss. But Reggie Love's back who had a really good game against Northwestern uh, the final week of the year. And uh, Josh McCray as well. And they have true freshman Caden Fegan who should be – getting a lot of uh, opportunities in the backfield. So uh, overall, I think uh, six and six to eight and four, which is where we both have them. Yep. Um, makes sense for them. <clears throat> Who do you got finishing number three? I have the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We are on the same page there. I have them eight and four, six and three in conference. I have them seven and five as well. Um, quarterback play was bad last year. Tanner Morgan uh, got hurt and he wasn't that effective when he was in there. So Ethan Kaliak Manis. Uh, who should pull be the, because I didn't want to read that one. Who should be the starter uh, is back there. He, he was okay. Uh, Chris Ottman Bell is back for his about 12th. Oh my gosh. There. Yeah. <laughs> At Minnesota. Uh, they do have a transfer wide receiver from Western Michigan. Corey Crooms who had over 800 yards uh, there. They also have a transfer running back from Western Michigan. Sean Tyler over a thousand yards the last two yeah. seasons. And they have a transfer linebacker from Western Michigan. Jack Selig uh, who had 70 tackles for them. So uh, I don't think. Flex been there since 2017, so I wouldn't. Yeah, Flex stealing any of these guys. No, Um, so uh, they they think they're gonna have a three head monster at running back with Taylor, Zach Evans, and Darius Darius Taylor. So they have two Taylors there. That's that's what's weird. Um, But they only have two uh, returning offensive linemen or starting offensive linemen. That was kind of the strength of their team last year. Of course, with Mohammed. Igna, I don't remember what his last name was. I am butchering this. But uh, Minnesota's uh, got an interesting non-conference. They host Eastern Michigan after hosting uh, Nebraska this week. Then they go to North Carolina week three, and then they have Louisiana in week five they host. So kind of interesting there. Uh, Who do you got finishing second? I have the Wisconsin Badgers at eight and four. I have the Iowa Hawkeyes at nine and three. Uh, Wisconsin Tanner Mordecai transferred from SMU, thirty-three touchdown passes. Great first name. <laughs> of course. Um, oh man, why can't? Why am I? Why did I not write his name down? Um, Luke Fickle. Yeah, is there uh, at Wisconsin, leaving uh, Cincinnati? Uh, they got a transfer uh, from Temple. He's an outside linebacker, defensive end. Darian Varner had seven and a half sacks last year. It's it's kind of hard to project. Uh, where these new head coached teams are going to finish. But uh, Luke Fickle has a track record of building a pretty good program there. And with the transfer portal, you can be good right away. Yeah, and, and their defense returns eight starters. Uh, Braylon Allen, mm-hmm. stud running back. But they brought in an air raid offensive coordinator. 
So kind of like Purdue, it's going to be interesting if they go complete air raid or like a mix. Got to think it's going to be a mix with the running back stables there and the tradition at Wisconsin. But the reason I have Wisconsin winning the Big Ten, and I have them at 10 and 2 in, in, in 8 and 1 in conference, because I think they caught a break with their schedule this year. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not on the host Buffalo. They go to Washington State, which that is one of my two losses for them, is out there at Washington State. And then they host Georgia Southern, but they have no. Michigan on the schedule. Ohio State, they do, but they host them. They usually do pretty well at Camp Randall against Ohio State. Um, I mean, other than that, I mean, their toughest road game, probably at Illinois. Or it could be at Minnesota with rivalry week. I actually have them losing at Minnesota. El- Illinois did go into Camp Randall and beat them 34 Smoked last them. Yeah. Year. Yeah. So, I mean, they get Iowa at home. Like I said, Ohio State at home. They get Nebraska at home. They go to Purdue, but they've haven't lost to Purdue since 2003. So, um, yeah. So I have them one, and I have the Hawkeyes at nine and three, six and three in the conference, uh, finishing runner up. I have them winning it at eight and four. I, th- I think the winner of the West will be eight and four again. Um, I'll probably give them too much credit at 10 and two uh, with Wisconsin, yeah. but that's what I do every year. I, I yeah. put the Big Ten up way too high because. <laughs> Yeah, Iowa scored 17 points a game last year. There's now something in uh, Ferentz's yeah. contract that they have to score at least 21. So when they have an opportunity, they're going to be running up that score because old oh, sure. Kirk, Kirk doesn't want to let his uh, let his son go. Um, Cade McNamara is coming in, who uh, was who battled out with JJ McCarthy for like two years. It felt like. Uh, and he finally left, although he is coming off an injury. And they asked him. I literally watched something on the news when I was in Iowa mm. this past weekend. And uh, he says, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay." So yeah, I don't know if yeah, he didn't want to talk about it very much. Yeah. So yeah, I saw um, that clip. The defense should be great, as it is always. And special but, teams should be good too. Yeah. They did lose their top defensive tackle Noah Shannon uh, for the entire season with a gambling suspension. Um, That's right. So, about that. uh, the defense still it probably shouldn't matter if if the offense can score 21 to 24 points a game they have a real good shot to maybe even win 10 games because that defense would be so good yeah. they also got uh McNamara one of his targets Eric all transfer yeah. tight end from Michigan and then they got Seth Anderson's uh wide receiver from uh Charleston Southern and Caleb Brown wide receiver from um Ohio State I presume I put OSU I presume that's Ohio State not Oregon State or Oklahoma so. State or, or Oklahoma State, yeah, could I think it's Ohio State. So, um, so yes, you got Iowa against Michigan, and I have Wisconsin against Penn State. Who do you have winning the Big Ten? I have Michigan over Iowa. I have Penn State over Wisconsin. So, with that said, before we get into predicting games, who are your four playoff teams? I have Michigan, Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama. We're pretty darn close, really. Um, I have Georgia, Penn State, Texas, mm. and Michigan. Interesting. I think Texas loses to Bama, but then runs wild in the Big 12. Mm. So, yep. yep. And then who do you have winning at all? I have Georgia. I have Georgia again as well. Yep. yep. Three-peat dynasty uh, until annoying. somebody knocks them yeah. off. I mean, yeah. just plug and play with those teams. Plug and play. Big Ten pick, and we only have about five minutes left, so we got to rifle through these. Nebraska at Minnesota on Thursday. Yeah, Minnesota's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I am taking the Golden Gophers with three confident points. I have Minnesota for one. Um, I think it'll be a pretty close game, obviously. Don't know what to expect, and I think that's tough for Minnesota, uh, not knowing and not having any film on Nebraska whatsoever. Uh, Central Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan State, 14 half point favorite. Like I said, directional school games are always a little scary, but I have the Spartans winning, but four confident points. I have Michigan State for seven. Uh, they always play that Friday night. It always seems like it's a pretty close game, too, uh, opening week. Uh, East Carolina at Michigan. Michigan, 35 and a half point favorite. Doesn't matter if their head coach isn't on the sidelines. Uh, Wolverines, 10 confident points. I have Michigan for 10 as well. Uh, Utah State at Iowa. Iowa 25 uh, point favorites. I have Iowa for seven. I have Iowa for eight. Fresno State at Purdue. 
Uh, scary one for the Boilermakers. Like I said, uh, Fresno State, 10-win uh, team come back. Their quarterback, they did lose to the pros, to uh, the Saints, but they have a head coach who's coached Aaron Rodgers back in the day at Cal. He's 61 years old, coached all over. Uh, Kevin Coyle, defense coordinator, used to be a defense coordinator in the pros. Oh, man, he was the worst defensive coordinator in <laughs> Miami. I hated that guy. I hadn't even heard that name for years until you brought yeah. it up. Now. You're, like, welcome. Ooh, You're welcome. Type You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Boilers head coach has not won their opening debut since Danny Hope in 09 against Toledo. Oh, wow. But I have Ryan Walters and the Boilers winning. Boilers are four-point favorites, but only for two confident points because it's a lot of unknowns. Right. Uh, I also have Purdue for two. I, th- I, th- I think Purdue pulls it out at home. Uh, there's going to be an excitement in the air. Of course, there's always an excitement in the air week one. But there was for Daryl Hazel too, and then uh, <laughs> Cincinnati being 42 to seven. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that was on the road though. Uh, but uh, at <laughs> home, you have a new uh, head coach there. Yeah. Uh, I think Purdue pulls her out. I, I, I do think it'll be pretty close though. Uh, Ohio State at Indiana. Uh, Ohio State's a 30 point favorite. Uh, this game's on CBS. I got the Buckeyes for nine. I have Ohio State for nine as well. Uh, Buffalo at Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers 27-point favorites. I got them for eight. I have them for six. Uh, Towson at Maryland. I got Maryland for 11. There's no spread in this game. I I do too. (laughs) West Virginia at Penn State. Penn State 20-point favorite. Uh, This is the NBC, the debut NBC game for the Big Ten. Uh, Six points on the Nittany Lions. I have Penn State for five. Toledo at Illinois. Um, I got the Illini uh, for five. Illini are nine-point favorites. I have Illinois for three. Um, interesting one here, Johnny Newton, who is one of the law firm uh, on the defense. His brother is a wide receiver at Toledo. Oh. Uh, so this is interesting. Toledo is projected to win the MAC, so I think it'll be pretty well, close. MAC teams are always kind of scary, uh, too. They are, but uh, I, I, Illinois should win in the trenches pretty easily, you'd think. But I, I think it'll be pretty close. Illinois for three. And then Northwestern at uh, Rutgers. I almost called them Buck. Uh, Rutgers six point favorites. I got them winning, but only for one. I just don't think either of these teams gonna be good. <laughs> I have Rutgers for four. Um, I don't think either team's very good either. But uh, actually, I have not done a book at prediction. No, you yet. have not. Um, I have Ohio State covering that thirty point spread. Uh, I think it'll be a whoop in there. I apologize to all Hoosier fans. Uh, J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching for Life Home Auto Business Renters Workers Comp and Farm Insurance Contact Travis at 219-869-4561 is emails travis.watching at infb.com Any good top 25 games? I know Notre Dame plays Tennessee State. Notre Dame's going to win by a million, so we don't uh, really need to talk about that. It looks like Notre Dame plays at NC State this week. No, they host Tennessee State. NC is State's next wrong? week. ESPN College because September fifth, right? Yeah. Oh no, that's oh I'm I'm in week two. My apologies. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh man, I'm, I was gonna say they were on NBC. Uh, they were advertising yeah. Tennessee yeah, State. Yeah. So. I, I remember seeing it too. Yeah, um, Sam Hartman I, will throw for about four hundred. Yeah. Uh, Florida at Utah. Uh, give me the Utes. Give me Utah as well. Dion's debut at. 17 TCU. TCU. TCU's 20 and, a half, 20 and a half point favorites. I have TCU as well. Uh, Boise State at Washington. Washington, even though I was ready to pick Washington for one of my uh, playoff teams since I haven't won the Pac-12. They're running backs out for the season. Give me Washington as well. Uh, Sunday night, we have LSU against Florida State in Orlando. Oh, man, that's going to be a good one. It was a good yeah, one last year. Give me the Knowles in a close one. I, I agree. LSU's favored, though. And then Monday night, Clemson at Duke. I like this Duke team. I have them third in the ACC, but Clemson's my runner-up. Give me Dabo and the Tigers. Give me Clemson as well. Uh, heading on to Birdie Bogey real quick before we sign off. Corbin Carroll became the fourth rookie in MLB history with 20 homers and 40 steals in a season. Can you name the only other player to have done this in our lifetime? Only other rookie to have done this in our lifetime. I think this guy did it at a young age, but I don't know if it was his rookie season and and maybe he didn't quite get 40. I know he got 20. Alex Rodriguez. Oh, man, that's a good guess. But you're wrong. It is, uh, it is Mike Trout. That's why the Angels ruined the guy, because he doesn't even come to my yeah. mind. Yeah, it's what it's am I? Sad. Three strokes down now. Yeah, you are. That was a tough one. I'll I'll throw you a softball here the next time I go. Uh huh. Uh huh.
Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show. We got our NFL preview next week. Have a fantastic football weekend. Football watching weekend, everybody. And we'll be back at her next Monday on Labor Day.